Well, tonight I'm speaking from the same passage that I spoke from this morning, but I want to put a bit of a twist in it as we go along, ask you a question to consider. Um, before I do, it's great to be back. Jen and I have had an extended break, and uh, it is really, really nice to be back with you. And uh, we feel recharged, ready to go, I think. We're ready to go? Yes, we're ready to go. And, um, and re-sort of envisioned, refocused. I'm really, really excited about this next season for us as a church and what God's going to do. I think there's some tremendous opportunity in front of us that we can take hold of and walk into boldly, which we intend to do. So I really encourage you, this next season is going to be great. I've entitled, I don't normally give my messages titles, but I have today, and the title is Making the Cut. Making the Cut. And I've got a bunch of questions around that. I think, you know, have you ever wondered if you'd make the cut? I won't give you context. But have you ever wondered if you'd make the cut? When it comes down to it, do you actually think you're good enough to make the cut? What happens if you don't make the cut? Should you even be trying to make the cut? Are you qualified enough to make the cut? I'll answer it. No, you're not. When it comes to God, when it comes to things of faith, the answer is no. It's actually all about God. It is all about God, and what he tells us to do is to remain in him, to abide with him, to be obedient to him. If we do those things, then God will position us wherever he needs to and wants to position us. And it's very simple on our end of the thing is to abide, is to love him, is to remain close, stay connected to him. And um, this year, belonging is our theme. And I'm praying for us as a church for three things in particular. And first of all, I'm praying that a deep life-giving intimacy with God will happen for all of us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That every single one of us in this room will go to a new level in God, a level of, of I'm describing it as deep intimacy, when we can say, I know my God. I know my God. I journey with my God. My God is real. He's not just a name on a page to me. He is real to me. The second thing I'm praying for is this, and that's an increased sense of love and belonging with one another. I absolutely believe that Activate Church is a church where anyone and everyone is welcome. I don't care who you are, where you're from. My prayer is that you can feel as if you belong here. There's stuff in your life that needs sorting out. We'll worry about that later. There's stuff in all of our lives that needs sorting out. First of all, let's find a place where we belong, where we can be together, where we can journey as family, where we can be encouraged together in God, where we can go on the journey together. The third thing I've been praying about is that we embrace the grace that extends beyond ourselves. In other words, wherever we are and whenever we're there, the people around us will be better off because we're connected with God. That's my prayer. That's what I'm praying for. I believe absolutely to the core of my being that the mercy, the love, the compassion of God is not just for a favored few. It's for everybody, everybody on the planet. And we are like God's agents in the city. Where we are, be it school, be it university, be it work, be it a, whatever community you're involved in, you are leaking something. You're leaking a vibe wherever you are. And I pray that that vibe is kingdom values. I pray that that vibe is something that represents Jesus really well. That's my prayer for all of us anyway. 
So my passage this year that I've been working through is uh, John 15. We're about to kick into June, and we're up to verse 1. So we're doing good. And um, tonight we're going to move into verse 2, so we're making real progress. But just before we go, I'll read it. I want to read it to you just so that we're all on the right page again. So if you've got your device, whatever, John 15, starting from verse 1, reads like this. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes every branch, prunes every, the branches that do not bear. Let me start again. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me. And I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot produce fruit unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you, ask, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to God, my Father. I, love, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love just as I obey the Father's commands. Remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in slaves. Now I call you my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Verse 2 is a powerful verse. It says this, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. There's problems in this verse for us. If you were here this morning, I illustrated it with a chainsaw. I'm not doing that tonight, because the fumes are horrendous. But there's problems in this, in this verse for us in that the English translation is just not helpful. You read the English translation, and it comes across really aggressive and quite rough. It's like It feels like he cuts off the branch. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. It's almost like God is out to get you. And if you're not producing the amount of fruit, and we'll talk about fruit next week, but if, if you're not producing the fruit that is expected, it gets that feel in English about it at least, that he's coming and he's going to lop you off. He's going to cut you down. It's all over, baby. And the thing is, when we read that often, 
we read it with the same kind of picture in mind that often we read the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we often give God the rap of being an angry God. He's not, not if you take it in context, but the thing is we often don't take it in context. We just pull something out, like Isaiah 13, 11, that says, I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. I will crush the arrogance of the proud and humble the pride of the mighty. It's like, ooh, far out. He's angry. He's out. And then when you read like that, you see, the problem is we tend to read down, not to read up, don't we? We read something like, I will cut you off. And we go, far out, that's harsh. We don't normally look at it and go, okay, so what are the positives in this? I don't know why we don't, but we don't. We go, man, that's harsh, that's terrible. When we take things out of context, what it does is it just paints this bad, bad picture of God that he is grumpy and he is old and he's, he probably, what's he look like? He probably looks like he's sitting on the throne He's an old dude with a really long white beard who's really grumpy and his eyes are piercing you and he is just waiting for you to slip up. So pow, he can jump on you. He's got a chainsaw. He has. I should have had a white mask this morning, but that would have been too far. (laughs) You had to be old to understand that old movie, real old movie. So... This picture is not helpful, but this is the picture that many Christians live with of God. That God is this really grumpy, angry God. And it's just not right. It's not right. You see, the the best English version that I can find, at least, of this scripture is in the Passion, and it says this. He cares for the branches connected to him. Sorry, He cares for the branches connected to me, it's Jesus speaking, by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a great harvest. The picture is of a caring, thorough, viticulturalist. That's the picture. The picture is of a God who loves and is so passionate about his garden that he wants everything to be just right. That he wants every branch, the branches you and I, he wants every branch to produce fruit. In fact, he wants it so much that he takes individual care of the branches. If the branch is drooping, if it's not fruitful, he bends down, he picks it up, he will tie it up, he will clean it. He will do whatever he needs to do in order for that branch to produce fruit. I think that's an awesome promise. That's a way different God than angry God. That's a God who loves you and I incredibly. That's a God who's going out of his way to ensure that we are fruitful in the way that he expects from a vineyard. It's a a beautiful picture of God. What I find is, if we just read out of context or we don't read and have an understanding of the Scripture, it's very, very unhelpful for our image of God. And if our image of God is not right, it affects everything about our relationship with him. Don't hold your hands up, but how many of you really want to be in relationship with a real angry God that if you take one step out of line, bang, he's out with a chainsaw to get you? We just don't. And for me, it's scripture, but it just doesn't line up with a God that's created this incredible planet that we live on. Expressing his, his creativity and his joy and his love in so many ways, he's just not an angry God. But here's the deal. I want to read you another scripture. 
because I think the angry God's incredibly wrong. Scripture tells us that. It's more than I think. But I think more often than not, it's the older generation that struggle with the angry God picture. I think younger generations have grown up in a different time, in a different world, and the angry God is not as prevalent now as he was in generations past. Now, you may still see him that way. I pray it's going to change tonight. But this is the deal. For younger generations and for millennials, I think the trap is that the pendulum swings too far the other way. You look at this. Let's read Revelation chapter 1 together. Going from verse 12. This is speaking of Jesus. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came out of his mouth. And his face shone like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and he said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. It's a picture of Jesus. That that is a picture of Jesus. That is an awesome picture of Jesus. The danger we can make is we might not be stuck in the angry God mindset, but in today's world, we swing too far to the other way where Jesus is simply our mate and our buddy. He's not your mate nor your buddy. He is God. He is God. That's a picture there of who he is. He is God. And we are to honor God. We are to respect God. We are to worship God. We are to lift him up. We are to praise him. We are to reverence him. And I think the danger is here, and I'm really putting this out there for you to think about rather than than making a definitive statement on it because it's something you've got to land yourself. But out here, angry God is not helpful. But out here, friendly mate, slap on the back God is not helpful either. It's too far. And I think, and I listen, and I see, the ramifications of living out here are anything goes. Are a lack of reverence. Are a lack of respect. Are a lack of being concerned how I carry myself. Because when I carry myself, I'm representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If he is my mate, maybe it's like this. At work, you might have a really, really friendly boss, but he's your boss. He's not your mate. He's your boss. And when he's your boss, you treat your boss a certain way. And it's different to the way you treat your mate. When Jesus says, 
you're now my friend, so I've shared all this information with you. I just had a quick look. He's actually saying, these are the ones I'm friendly with. These are like my neighbors. He's not saying, pat on the back, mate. Good on you, pal. Like sloppy. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is holy. He is an incredible, incredible God. And we get to live in relationship with him. So we kind of have these two sides of one equation, don't we? We have angry God here. We have he's my mate. And I can just chill, hang back. She'll be right here. And neither are right. He is God. He is God Almighty. He is God Almighty who is holy. He is God Almighty who has invited us into relationship with him, who has said to us, not only do I want to relate and have relationship with you, I want to shift in to you. The Holy Spirit is now going to live with you. And now I want you to walk and produce the fruit of a godly life. It's incredibly powerful. Incredibly powerful. So this powerful God at the same time, it's the God who can get down and lift the branch, tie the branch, look after the branch, nurture the branch, clean the branch, ensure that the branch produces great fruit. I'm actually convinced that it's harder not to, provo- harder not to produce fruit in the kingdom of God than it is to produce fruit. Because I think in the kingdom of God, if we allow God to have his way, we will produce fruit. If we argue with him, if we fight against him, that's a whole lot harder than going with him. Does that make sense? So my invitation to you tonight is very simple. It's what is your picture of God? You're leaning this way, angry God. Leaning this way, God with a big stick. In my case, a chainsaw. Just waiting to slap you around if you get it wrong. Or do you lean this way? Ah, she'll be right. God, Jesus, my mate, brother, whatever. We'll just hang. Because somewhere in the middle here is the truth that we need to live in. That he is holy, that he is awesome, that he is magnificent, that he wants to walk with us. His desire is to walk. He chose us. We didn't choose him. He chose us first. He wants to walk with us. He wants to fill us with his spirit. He wants us to represent him on this planet, but it carries some responsibility with it. And so I guess tonight I'm provoking you a little bit to think. What's your walk with Jesus like? What's your walk with God like? What's your relationship with the Holy Spirit like? Are you kind of leaning this way? Are you leaning that way? How about having a conversation with him about what the middle ground looks like for your world? Because the middle ground is the place of power in this case. The middle ground is a place of safety. It is the place of relationship. It is the place of power. It is a place of reflecting and representing him really well. It's the place that he wants us to live with that sense of holy awe and fear. But at the same time, that sense of companionship and love 
and kindness and merciful. Psalm 103 tells us that the demeanor of God is compassionate, that he's merciful, that he's gracious, that he's kind, that he's slow to anger. That's the demeanor of our God. We try and live in that. So, Father, I pray tonight. And I ask that you would help us align the way we relate to you. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd speak clearly to each one of us. If there's questions of, am I leaning this way or that way, that you would bring a settled uh, conviction to our hearts of the way you want us to live, but the way you want us to relate with you. Father, for those tonight who see you as an angry God, I break that stronghold in the name of Jesus and ask that that picture no longer carries any authority for those of us who don't put enough weight on who you are and are just a little bit flippant around it all. Father, I ask that you'd break that stronghold, that way of thinking, and you'd remove that image and that you would bring and release for each of us a healthy image of who you are. Father, something that reflects your character, but also reflects your majesty. Something that allows us to comprehend to some degree the incredible gift that it is, Holy Spirit, to have you living within us. Something that helps us catch the magnitude of what Jesus did on our behalf. Father, I pray that as we think these things through, as we land them a little, that it would cause our relationship with you to be stronger and it would cause our appreciation of you to be so much bigger and that we would be people that really do know what it is to produce the fruit that you want us to produce. Father, I declare your blessing on every person here. I declare your blessing on your church. In Jesus' name, I ask that when we go out into our city, to our places of work, of schools, university, community in general, that we would represent you really well, Jesus. That wherever we are and whenever we're there, we'd be like you. And that our city, that our communities would be a better place because we carry you. Let us walk with a great sense of your blessing, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.